Pastor Gary Brothers, Pastor is Cape Girardeau. Cape First, tremendous church in Cape Girardeau. And that's the, that's the uh, hometown of, of lots of people, isn't it? <laughs> Who's that famous guy from the radio dude? Rush Limbaugh comes from Cape Girardeau. Been there many times. He's one of my very best friends. It's going to be a powerful night tonight. Put your hands together one more time for my friend. Good evening, everybody. It's great to see you. What a beautiful day. You can be seated. It's our visit here in Alaska is always too short. I talked to my wife this afternoon, told her I was looking, looking at real estate magazine today. So She said, pick out something nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's always a joy to be here with you all. Uh, I, I lost track of how many years I've been coming, but it's probably 16, 18. How old is the church? 20, almost 20. I've been coming almost 20 years. And so it's a delight to be here with you, or last night with you. I hope you received something Sunday if you weren't here. I'm sure they've got CDs or podcasts or something like that. But I really believe we had a word from the Lord for the church. And I want to do that again tonight. I'm going to do more of a teaching format this evening. Um, I do want to say thank you so much to your pastors, Daniel and Karen. They're dear friends of ours. Uh, we've learned to love them over this last decade. Uh, in in a in a in a really, it was hard, but we we're we've we're experienced. Um, we pressed through. Yeah, but we wanted to. That's that's why. Yeah. Um, they're going to be with us in uh, the last of September for our Heartland Surge Conference. Um, and I probably have to say that your pastor is probably the favorite, if not the favorite, one of the top two favorite guest speakers that we have in our church. They absolutely love him. And I've got two other speakers in that conference, and I was talking to my, my extension, all of my pastors, and, and setting up the schedule, and I said, Who, who's done the best at your location? Because I rotate them each year, and, and they spoke up and said, Pastor Daniel, Pastor Daniel, can we have Pastor Daniel back? So we're going to spread him out, the locations, and, and preach, and as well as the main, main location. And I just want you to know that. Um, he has a great word, a great anointing, a great ministry. It's not just for Alaska but uh, literally, I think, maybe around the world, and certainly an impact. I mean, you're in a great position here to impact, uh, whether you realize not to touch people around the world. And uh, give your pastors a great hand clap tonight, would you? Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Uh, thank you for, for buying the books. I believe they'll be a blessing to you. I think she told me there were three books left, and so I just reduced them all to $10. If you want them, I think there's two or three left out there to pick them up. I believe the only book might be left is uh, Borrowed Vessels, um, and that's about the power of relationships. Uh, also, if you didn't get one and they're sold out, there are forms to fill out uh, to order them. And uh, we can ship some up here, and you can, if you'd like, ship a case if we want to, and you can have them here. But thanks again so much. <clears throat> you know, I was listening to the radio this morning uh, out of Anchorage, uh, they were talking, you know, DJ's talking, and um, they said, uh, they were talking about, I think Anchorage set a record the last two days or something, a high. And then also, I thought I heard them say that they had set a record on how many days over 80 uh, since the 50s. And this lady, it was a lady and a guy DJ, the lady DJ said, I think we ought to have uh, hot days like we have snow days, that we just shut everything down. And we go out and play. And then this lame dude, the, the guy that was on there, he says, oh, when it's this hot, they're talking about 79, when it's this hot, all I want to do is lay on the couch. I just want to reach through that radio and just smack him real hard. Um, if we had 79 degrees right now in Cape, Man, we'd be running in the streets happy. It's so cold. I mean, it's just cool. 
we left 110 heat index with 100% humidity when we came up here. So that's what we're going back to. Thank you, Jesus. Looking for Alaska real estate. Something on a lake. With a landing strip for my 182. That's what I'm looking for. But I'll trade it in on a super cup if I come up here. I guarantee that. All right. All right, enough of that. Um, when you're part of the family, you can do that. He does it, so I'm going to do that since you're part of the family here. And I really feel like I'm part of the family here. Many of you, I've come back. I've seen you year after year after year after year. And uh, I really feel a connection. And thank you so much for allowing me to come and share. Um, I, want to, I want to do more of a teaching format tonight. And I want to talk to you about um, choices. The title of my message tonight is Step Into the Water. Say that with me, please. Step Into the Water. In English literature class, when I was in school, they had certain books that were required reading. One of those was the classic entitled A Tale of Two Cities by Charles Dickens. It was published in 1859. I'll have to confess for you, I did not read the whole book. Uh, that was before Cliff Notes. Cliff wasn't born yet. Um, but I did learn how to read first, third, and last chapter and get the gist of it. But um, I am familiar with The Tale of Two Cities by Charles Dickens. It was set, uh, the novel, it's a fiction, but it was set in, uh, in London and Paris before and during the French Revolution uh, with well over 200 million copies sold. It is one of the most famous works in history of fictional literature. It depicts the plight of an oppressed people uh, and choices that were made to change their future. Now, tonight I want to go a little further back in time, past the 1800s, in fact, a lot further back, to another group of people who, who had also been oppressed and were now at a place of transitioning into a whole new way and the blessing of God that he promised them. And this story is not a fictional story. And it's the tale of two choices. I want to take you to some scripture tonight. My iPad will act right. There we go. I want to take you to some scripture tonight. Because ironically, the story I want to share with you is about challenges, choices that determine our outcome in life. In Numbers chapter 13, verses 31 through 32, and Joshua 3.13. So the first scripture is Numbers 13, 31 through 32. Now, let's set up the story. This is the story of the spies going into, into the promised land. They come back out, and ten of them say, it's all that, but we cannot take it. Numbers 13, 31, and 32, But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out. Now, that's New King James Version. King James Version says they gave an evil report. Any report that is contrary to the Word of God is not just another opinion. It's an evil report. And so I like that version of it. They gave an evil report. Now, notice they said the people in their land are too strong and we cannot go up. But now God had already told them, I'm going to give you this land. This dates all the way back to Abraham. And now here they are at the verge of taking the promised land and, and they go out to spy out the land and they bring an evil report. It's interesting that they didn't consider the fact that maybe God knew that the giants were there that God knew that there was big people there and walled cities there and there were going to be problems there when God promised it. Do you think God said, all, oops, I didn't realize that they had all that stuff in the promised land or I never would have promised it to you. You know, perhaps the same thing applies in our life today. And we say, well, God wants to bless me with a new house, but, then, then, but God didn't understand the real estate market. Uh, he didn't understand my credit score. Uh, he doesn't understand my history. Uh, he doesn't understand. If God knew all of that, he would have never promised me. God's promised me a husband or a wife. God's promised me a new relationship. God's promised to heal my heart. But then he didn't consider how many few 
people there are out there that fit the criteria that I need. Well, you only need one, by the way. And, and, and God, but God didn't consider all the dynamics of my age and my background and all of this. And if he had considered that, he'd never promised that to me. Surely, if God knew all the facts. It's interesting that God makes a lot of promises, but he doesn't check out the facts first. Or at least from our perspective in that. Well, let's go to the next story, Joshua 3.13. Everybody say second chance. Now, after that evil report, the people voted, and they usually vote wrong, and the majority said, we can't do it, out of fear, and they spent 40 years in the wilderness, and they died. Now, 40 years later, Joshua 3.13, and it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off, the waters that come down from upstream, and they shall stand as a heap. Wow. Different story. See, in both of these stories, there's some things that were the same. First of all, they both had strong leadership. Moses was a great leader, perhaps one of the greatest leaders in the Old Testament. I mean, the dude brought him out of, out of Egypt, led them out, crossed the Red Sea. Pretty good leader. They had an extreme challenge before them. Take the promised land. That hadn't changed. They had a promise from God. I've given you the land. That hadn't changed. But the only thing that changed was their choice. Now, many times in our lives, the, the only thing that separates a winner from a loser, an overcomer to one being overcome, is not the power of God, the promises of God, or the love of God. It's the choices that we make to position ourselves for the promise of God. See, the difference in these two stories reveal the path of victory or a path of mediocrity or defeat. Now, I want to share with you tonight three choices that affect your destiny. Choice number one, everybody say number one, plan or retreat. Say that with me, plan or retreat. Now, they didn't spy out the land to see what was in it. They spied out the land to see how to take it. See, that was their, their, their assignment was not to see if we can take it. Their assignment was check it out so we can see how to plan to take the land. But they didn't come back with that in mind. They came back with a totally different thing and says, we are not able to take it. We can't do it. And they, they caused fear and doubt to rise up in people. Listen, uh, sometimes relationships will do that for you. It's why that book is so important, Bard Vessels. It talks about that of relationships you need, relationships you need to get away from in your life. Because there's some relations, they come and say, you can't do it. You just can't do that because you can't do that. I, I checked it out, and it, you got this problem, you got that problem, and you got this deficiency, and you're, not, you're, not, you're, not, you're just not tall enough. Or you're not smart enough. You're not fast. You, 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 can't, you can't do that. because and, and, and so you got somebody speaking that into your ear, and it raises doubt and unbelief. I don't care how strong you are in your faith. That kind of bombardment of doubt and unbelief has an effect on your on your spirit, has an effect on your on your on your psyche, and it does affect us. And so, so they they came back and said, "We just can't do it." So they didn't spy out the land to see what was in it. They were supposed to spy out the land to see how to take it. They were developing a plan of attack, not an excuse to retreat. But they they got their eyes off of their focus. Now, <clears throat> you you all are are moving forward in a plan of attack. Make no doubt about it. What you are facing in purchasing the property out here, getting it back. I preached on that property many times, uh, getting that property back. I preached in the barn. I preached in the tent during the summertime. Uh, when you get that property back, there is a battle going on. Satan does not want you back on that property. He doesn't want a church overlooking the drive into, a, into Wasilla, a big church setting up there. He wouldn't mind if there was a bar there. He wouldn't mind if there was a, a, car, a, a dealership there. He wouldn't mind if there was another retail outlet. But a church there with big crosses on the corner facing Pioneer's Peak, he don't want that on there. So there is going to be a battle. But hello, you didn't need me to tell you that. You should have already recognized that. Now, 
The other side of that coin is, if God is for us, who can be against us? In other words, we will have battles, but we're going to win. We're going to have some Jericho, some walls have got to come down. Some financial walls have got to come down. And oh, by the way, they did not have within themselves, you said I do what I want to tonight. They did not have within, let's talk about that. They did not have within themselves the equipment needed to take down the walls of Jericho. Those walls were thick. They were, they were thick enough to drive a chariot across the top. They, they, they did not have battering rams. These folks just came out of bondage. Uh, or these, these kids, this generation just came out of the wilderness. They didn't have any factories. Uh, they really didn't have a lot of weapons. They didn't dig ore and, and have iron and, and make steel. They, they didn't have any of that. They, they didn't have the, the, the supplies. They didn't have bombs. They didn't have hatchets and axes and battering rams. They, they probably built some stuff out of wood and different things. They did not have the, the necessary material. In other words, they didn't have the resources to take Jericho. But they had a divine connection. God knew they didn't have the resources. You know, it's, it's interesting uh, when we say, well, I can't do that because I don't have the resources. If God has put something in your heart to do, God's got the resources. I've learned that God's will is his bill. There have been times in, in, in my ministry as, as a pastor over almost 40 years, uh, there have been times when it's like, you know, we didn't have enough money for this, money for that, and we got, we're lack here and everything, and then they're looking at me. I'm a wonderful pastor until, until we don't have any money, and then all of a sudden I've lost the anointing of God. I'm like, where is your faith, you know? And where's your tithe since only 17% of your tithing? And I've got to do 100% of the work for 17%. So that's the last figure we did, and I teach very strongly on it. Go, go figure. Um, but... I've just said, God, you know what? You own this. I don't own it. It's your church. The reason we're having problems is because we've got a lot of people, and we don't have room for the people. So we're having people issues because you're sending people. So they're your people. It's your problem. I'm doing all I can do. I need some help on your problem. You created the problem, so you solve the problem. I'm going to bed and sleeping tonight. You can stay up all night and figure it out. I'm going to get up in the morning and read my Bible and pray. I'm going to go to the office. I'm going to love people. I'm going to visit the hospital. I'm, I'm going to do all that. I'm going to hire staff. I'm going to do that. But now the rest of it, you created it. You fund it, God. So they go to Jericho. They don't have a tank. They don't have a battering. They don't have a bulldozer. They may have some donkeys. They, they, I mean, they have some sheep. They could run the sheep up there to the gate, and the sheep could go, bah. And then they just shoot them and barbecue them. You know? I mean, they, got, they don't have what they need to take the first city, which was the most fortified city because it was the first city. It was also the tithe. That's why God said, don't you take anything out of this because Jericho is holy unto the Lord. The first fruit always belongs to God. The first apple off the tree, the first quart of jar, honey, out of the thing, it just all, it, the first goes to God. So now, let's look at that a minute. Here, here they are, and they don't have what's necessary. Now, I'm talking to you as a church right now. Never allow what you don't have to keep you from doing to what you're supposed to do. Now, you can't be presumptuous. I'm going to talk about that a minute. You have to have wisdom. But at the same time, that's where faith comes in. That's where the supernatural comes in. God has already supernaturally given you that property back, whether you realize it or not. I mean, that's supernatural. And so the attack plan, when you, when you develop an attack plan, it takes thought, it takes time, it takes courage, it takes energy, it takes patience, it takes effort, and it takes persistence. Now, if you're planning to retreat, all of that is required is a willingness to give up, no faith and no courage, and very little effort. It just doesn't take much effort to retreat. You, you don't really have to plan. You don't need any resources. You just drop and run. That's it. Now, that's why retreat plans are more popular in this generation than attack plans. He said, what do you mean? How about standing for the truth? It's, it's easier to retreat and compromise than it is to be criticized. I made a, um, I do a Facebook post every morning, a, a devotion. 
and uh, today I dealt with Jeremiah 26, uh, around 8 or 9 something, but anyway, where Jeremiah delivered the word of the Lord, and the prophets and the priests said, we're going to kill you, because the word of the Lord was not what they wanted to hear. In other words, he wasn't politically correct. And political correctness has become the, the epitome of absurdity and ignorance and foolishness in our land today. So if you get up and say something that's halfway intellectually sound about a given subject, but it's not the politically correct that's police, don't like it, you get bombarded, people lose their jobs, people are ridiculed and, and, and made to look like idiots. However, are we going to compromise or are we going to attack? Are we going to retreat or are we going to stand strong and speak the Word of God in truth? How about in marriages? Anybody here married? Yeah. <laughs> okay. The reason the divorce rate is so high, and, and by the way, the... The 50% thing is, is not true. It's, it's more like 25%. That's a, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a myth. It, there's no facts behind that. Um, but the reason of the divorce rate, you know, there's, 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 legit, there's some legitimate things, of course. But for the most part, is where people retreat. They don't attack their problems. They retreat from them. I just finished... Um, talked to my wife today, a couple in our church is getting a divorce, and I have counseled with them, I've counseled with them, I've counseled with them, I've counseled with them. Others have counseled with them. We've assigned to them mentors. They've counseled with them. And it's the same thing. Uh, one of the individuals just doesn't, does not get it. Just, I just want to thump him. And it's like, how many ways can I explain this to you and you still can't understand the words that's coming out of my mouth? You still don't understand that you, Bubba, are the problem. And you're not willing to change. You're not willing to recognize. Well, in a marriage, if you're going to win, you've got to attack the problem, not each other. How about in finances? Well, I've just been praying for God to help my finances. Maybe you're in an incredible financial situation. Maybe you just got money everywhere. You're trying to find a place to put it. Wonderful. But, but if you're struggling in finances and you keep doing the same thing, wrong thing financially, you, you're not going to get any better. You've got to come up with an attack plan. You can't retreat. Well, I, but I, I don't want to give that up. Well, do you want to win or do you want to spend the rest of your life in the wilderness walling around eating manna every day? See, it, it requires some. Churches are the same thing. You, you, some churches, it's like uh, I was with my kids in a mall somewhere, and they had this little train, little, little, little train on wheels, and, and a guy sitting up there on the front, little bitty cars, and I got in there with my grandchildren, you know, ride around, woo-woo, ding, 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 you know, you're riding around. Well, it's in the mall, okay? So you go around two or three times. Guess what? The scenery never changes. There's Beth and Body, and there's... A, clothing store and another clothing store and another clothing store and a shoe store and another shoe store and a clothing store and another shoe store and bing ding woo woo and the clothing bath and body and the you know never that's why some churches are they're not willing to have an attack plan so the scenery never changes it's the same old same old no wonder people get bored all right i'll make this shorter then See, many people just want to get on the slow train in the wilderness to go around and around seeing the same old thing, same old that they saw 10 years ago. So what does your spiritual landscape look like? Are you growing? Are you developing? Are you pressing forward? God has called his people to move forward, possess the land, possess the promises, and live the dream that God has for each of us. You see, it's all a matter of perception. The previous generation perceived that they could not receive the promises of God, while the current generation knew they could receive the promises of God. God hadn't changed. The promised land hadn't changed. The giants hadn't changed. The only thing that changed was the perception of the people. Now, it's, it's not just church corporately, but it's you individually. How do you perceive yourself? How do you perceive your relationship with God? How do you perceive the promises of God for your life? Are they really all that? Yes, they are. Are they for you? Yes, they are. How do you perceive that, though? 
do you perceive it's for you or it's always for somebody else and not me? See, what, what do you perceive for your life right now? Choice number two. What was the first choice? Hey, you got it. To plan a retreat. Choice number two, follow God or follow feeling. Say it with me. Follow God or follow feeling. Now, feeling is a very powerful motivator, but feeling is usually wrong. You see, we've got to allow the presence of God to lead us, not feeling. See, that's, that's what they did. Joshua got the priest together because God told him to, and what did they carry into the water? The ark. What was the ark? It was the presence of God. So the presence of God led them. Their feelings way may have been, we, 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 we've never done this. <laughs> We're going to have to fight. We, we, we've been eating manna for 40 years. Never had a cheeseburger. <laughs> What's a cheeseburger going to be like? Because the manna stopped when they went to the promised land. They had to shoot, cook, skin, grill, everything. They're, they're, they're walking in. Their feelings were probably going off the Richter scale. The gamut of feelings, it was probably emotional. Can you imagine? The Jordan River, the waters start backing up. Oh, this must have been like what, what Grandpa told us about the Red Sea thing. Oh, well, dude, it really, it really works. It happens. And, and that water starts backing up. And it's getting taller and taller. And the ground starts drying in front of them. Why? Because they're following the presence of God. Now, they could have said, y'all going to cross here. I like it down there. Let's go cross down there. Kaploosh. No, you got to follow the presence of God, not your feelings. See, this is where prayer and fasting comes into play. A prayerless life will be an unguided life. You can't know the will of God if you don't spend time praying. Now, I don't mean you have to pray five hours a day, but you do have to pray every day, I believe. And the more consistent you are in praying, the, 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 more, the more sensitive you are going to be to the leading of God. Evangelist Steve Hill, um, who's going to be at the Lord, Steve, one of the last churches that he preached in was my church. He called me a few months before that, and he said, Gary, I'm feeling a lot better. Can I come preach in Cape? I said, you just tell me when. We'll clear everything, and you come. And he and Jerry came. By the way, Jerry's going to be rose with my wife's uh, women's conference this fall. Jerry uh, is going to be speaking. His wife's going to be the speaker. Um, and so Steve came, and he had a surge in health and energy. He came. He preached and prayed for people for about two hours. And uh, then we spent time the next day, went back to Florida and started going downhill again. I think he might have preached one or two more times. But he handed me a sheet of paper that he was given that was a transcript of a, out of a, a service of a large charismatic church in Dallas where he lived at the time. His large charismatic church, well-known pastor. You may know him if I said the name. And this was a transcript of part of his message a couple of weeks before he came to my church. And, and I'm just paraphrasing what it says. I have it in a Bible back home. It said he was teaching about prayer and fasting and Bible reading. And he said, today grace covers all of that. You don't need to pray. You don't need to read your Bible. You don't need to fast. I don't. The grace of God covers all of that. That's just legalism today. Really? Tell your wife or your husband that the next time they want to sit down and talk to you. Oh, honey, that's legalism today. I don't have to talk to you. Uh, no, I, no, I'm not going out to eat with you. No, I, I, that's just legalism, baby. You just do your thing and just love me. And when I, when I want you, I'll let you know. When I need something from you, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. How you think that's going to work out? You'll be in that 25, 30% divorce rate. You'll be singing along with Tammy. D-I-V-O-R-C-E. Google that. You don't even know what I'm talking about. But yeah. how, 
absolutely ignorant is it for a supposedly a spirit-filled man of God to get up and tell his church, you don't need to pray or fast or, or do anything like that. I don't. I can tell you where that church is headed and where he's headed. For a fall. Relationships have to be cultivated. A prayerless life is an unguided life. See, feelings appeal to our human nature. Following God appeals to our spiritual nature. And whichever one you and I develop the most will make the choice. Uh, this is an old story uh, from the country where I, and you know, I grew up in the country in, in Kentucky. And uh, the story of an old guy, he had two, two big dogs, two big, he's laying up under the porch there, and the guy walked up. He said, well, you got some good-looking dogs there. Yeah. Which one's the toughest? Which one can whoop the other one? He said, the one to feed the most. See, if you feed your spirit, your spirit will win. You feed your flesh, your flesh will win. That's you got two dogs there in a fight. Now, don't start calling somebody dogs, but that metaphor is applicable. You have two entities. You have your spirit and your flesh. We are spirit. We live in a body. And if you feed your spirit, what's spirit food? The Word of God. What's spirit food? Prayer. Meditation on the things of God. That's what spirit food. Preaching, if it's biblical. What? So if we feed our spirit enough, our spirit will be stronger. That's why the Bible says, "Walk in the flesh, so you won't f- walk in the spirit, so you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh." What does that mean? It means your spirit is stronger. Y'all getting anything? Now I'm talking about choices here, and the second choice is follow God or follow feeling. As y'all move into a major promised land advance there will be times when feeling will overwhelm you do not follow feeling follow the word follow God follow the presence of God and sometimes it's scary it is like Buck said be very very afraid it's sometimes following the presence of God is scary because it, it, it causes our, it messes our flesh up because our flesh says, no, do not do that. Do not believe God in that. But on the inside, there's something drawing you. So whichever one you and I develop the most is going to make the choice, flesh or spirit. Number three. What was number one? Plan or retreat. What was number two? Follow God or follow feelings. Number three, just do it or just don't. Say that with me. Just do it or just don't. Joshua 3.17. Joshua 3.17. Then the priest who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all Israel crossed over on dry ground until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. And I'm going to add to that, on dry ground. The lesson here is when the ground dries, don't delay. Because it's not going to stay dry forever. It's like strike when the iron's hot. When the ground dries, don't delay. Start marching. See, faith is an action and progression of steps, not a leap into the unknown. I've heard people say, I believe in blind faith. Why would you believe in blind faith when you can have faith that sees? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's the evidence of things you can't see. If it's evidence, you can see it. It's the evidence of things not seen. I heard a preacher, this was years ago, probably 30 years ago. I went to this little church, and uh, I had some family that went there, and I was visiting. I went, and I sat there, and this guy was up preaching, and he was talking about faith. And he used this illustration. He said, I didn't have any money in my checking account, but I wrote a big check anyway and just believed that God would deposit the money before it got to the bank. I thought, you're, you're dumb as a stump. You just, that's not faith, that's presumption. 
that falls in the category of thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. It's like, dude, and guess what? His check bounced. You think God's in heaven like, let me dispatch an angel right now. Here's, here's, here's some cash. Run it down now. Put it in the bank for this ignorant pastor bounces a check. No, the check bounced. That's not, that's not faith. It's not faith. That's presumption. And, and so all through my life, I've had to make choices to either sit back and watch or get up and march. I've never been much on sitting. Sometimes I've tried to run through the mud before the ground dries. Notice they went over on dry ground. Sometimes I didn't wait for the ground to dry. <laughs> I was just so excited about obeying God and doing it, and I ran through the mud a little bit. And I still got there, but, you know, I was a lot dirtier and a lot, lot tireder running through mud. But here's, here's the point in our lives. At some point in time, you can talk about it, talk about it, talk about it, and talk about it, and talk about it, but the sometime, you just got to get up and do it. See, Joshua and the people of Israel seized the moment and took one of the greatest steps of obedience in the nation's history, moving into the promised land. We only have a limited amount of time in our lives to accomplish what God wants to do and the calling on our lives and to serve people. So what promise from God have you been waiting on? Do you have a promise from God in your life or something? No, no. Just come to church hanging out and see what the pastor says. You, you know, you need to really get a promise from the Lord for your life. You need to have your own promise from God in your life. You, you just, if you're not, you, it's just like you're wandering in the wilderness. Really. Well, I, I, I'm, pastor's got a promise. Good. What's your personal promise? What is it that you're believing God for? Now, preacher, I got a job. I don't have time for that. Knock it off. You have a job because God gave you a job. You have a life because you're breathing God's air. God has something for you. No, I'm not smart enough. Stop it. That's nonsense. That's what the ten spies says. We're not big enough. We're not tall enough. We're not brave enough. We're not strong enough. You, listen, you, you and I can always, hey, we can always come up with excuses as to why we can't, Right? But God is looking for somebody that says, why can't I? Well, you don't know how many times I've failed in my life, how much yucks in my life and all this. No, I don't, but God does. Get a promise from God. He knows everything. In fact, he knows stuff about you you don't even know. God can use you. God can give you a personal promise about something. You know, and chances are there's something kind of mulling on the inside of you that has been, it's kind of been chewing on you for years, and you didn't realize it, but there's a Holy Spirit trying to get you to believe God for something and get a word from God on something, and you just haven't stepped out to do it. You just haven't taken that time to spend time with God and get that word clarified on what He wants to do in your life and what He wants to do through you in your life. And when you do that, you can get a word from God for a promise from God in your life. Well, but you don't understand. I don't have to understand. And God already understands. It's you and I that don't understand. And so at some point in time, you just have to do it. Or not. Or not. Remember the quote of Reinhard Bonnke one time? He said that God runs with runners. He climbs with climbers. But he does not sit with sitters. Well, Lord, I'm just going to sit and wait till Jesus comes back. No, he's not going to sit with that. He's on the move doing something in and through your life. Well, I've accomplished quite a bit, Pastor. I'll have you to know. i got a good life. I've accomplished a lot more than most people. Wonderful. So? Woo-hoo. That's the place I want to be in. But is that all? Are you done? Is that, are you breathing? Yeah? Then God has a promise for you, something he... You see, it's so easy for us to become sedentary, to just just, just sit back. If, we've, if you're sitting here and you've accomplished a lot in your life, and say, well, I'm just going to chill, I'm going to relax. I'm just, I've had people ask me, and I don't know why, in, in the last year or two, when are you going to retire, Pastor? I'm 
wondering why they're asking me that. Because I'm too old to be his daddy. Yeah, you knew I was going there, yeah. Uh So I'm going to introduce him as my grandson when he comes to my church. Here's my grandson in the faith, because I'm too old to be his daddy. Got that right. Y'all still with me? Okay. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I'm a pastor. I'm a preacher. If I can talk, I'm going to be preaching. There's no retirement for preachers. There's no retirement. Now I'm going to transition, hopefully, at some point in time, you know, to you know whatever God wants me to do in the next season or whatever. But right now, I'm pastoring. It's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm not going to retire. We're to retire. What do you mean? My dad retired two years younger than what I am right now. But he was a manager in an underground coal mine in the West Kentucky coal field. Worked in the mines all of his life. He got an early retirement, 57 years old. He's 82, 80, 82 today. Talk to him every Sunday morning. But I, I, can't even, I can't even conceptualize that. The point of this is no matter where you are in life or what you're doing, God has a word for you. God has a word for the church you're in. He has, he has a goal to accomplish for the church that you're a part of. But then he has something in your life that you can work toward, that you can be, that you can do, that you can accomplish, that you can receive, that you can believe in your life. There's a young couple in my church for years a spiritual son a spiritual daughter she's a chiropractor he's a truck driver he's a big old boy he's about six four six five by five i mean he's a hoss man i mean if you're getting a team together you want him on the front line he played football in school he's he's awesome joy is his name he may be watching right now live streaming Every, you know, every time he's in from driving, he'll come up there and give me a big hug. How you doing, son? All right, Pastor. Well, he's dated several girls. He's in his, you know, 30s. He's never found that girl. There's a lady in our church. She's never found that guy. She was a chiropractor. And uh, just started praying, and they got together. I married them. And then uh, at one of our meetings, uh, uh, had a guy and a guest speaker and he called her out and began to prophesy over her and she wasn't married yet she was engaged and she began to describe her husband now she he didn't know her from Adam didn't know her at all just you know he's a guest speaker and the first time he'd ever spoke he said you're going to marry a big man he wears cowboy boots and he just described him and then he said you're going to have a son and prophesied you're going to have a son well guess what you know, they're in the 30s, so they're ready to get going on a family. And so a few months after they were married, she came to me and said, I'm pregnant. Yay! And a few, a few weeks later, I said something about it. I said, are you going to find out, when are you going to check and find out what, what it is? She said, I already know what it is. It's a boy. And I remembered that prophecy. I said, you're right. And so Joy sent me a picture texted me a picture yesterday of him holding his boy. Winchester. Eighteen ninety five, that's what he said. Winchester eighteen ninety five, doing good. Um, actually the mother's maiden name was Winchester. And so Winchester. He's holding his boy. God has a dream for you. God has a promised land for you. He really does. But there are times, if you're going to get to that promised land, and I'm going to be done with this, there are times you're going to get to that promised land, you've got to just do it. Or not, you've got to take a step of faith. It's, it's not a leap of presumption. You know there's the dry ground. It's there. Water's over here. Kind of scary. Don't know how long it's going to hang there. Not too sure. But the ground is dry. 
It's time to walk. It's time to move. Choices. Three choices that really determines your destiny there. You're going to plan or you're going to retreat. Well, I've had disappointments. Well, join the human race. Yeah, we've all had disappointments. We've all had setbacks. We've all had problems. Some big, some we've all had them. But don't let that keep you from the promised land. Don't let that keep you from walking on that dry ground now. Well, I've been wounded. I've been hurt. Again, don't mean to be insensitive, but I'm not a psychologist. I'm a preacher. Get over it. As the old saying goes, go to Lowe's, buy a ladder, and climb over it. Move on. God's got new ground for you. Okay? You either plan or you retreat. You either follow the presence of God or you're feeling. And it's very easy to get off in feeling if you're not consistent and committed because whichever one you feed will win the fight. And it's the same for all of us. Well, you preachers, you just walk in the, like that song, they sing the Shekinah glory all the time. I was watching Christian TV one time, and uh, this guy came on. I know him. I've met him. I've, I did a conference with him one time in Louisville. Actually, Louisville. That's how you say that. Louisville, Kentucky. Home of Kentucky Fried Chicken. And uh, he's from eastern Kentucky. The guy's got a master's degree. He was a principal of a high school. He's very educated. He's a powerful preacher. He's just crazy talented. He's got almost a 1,000 churches in his network all through the hills and the mountains of Ohio and Kentucky and West Virginia and Carolinas and Tennessee. Just crazy. But he is a country preacher, man. I mean, he's a fireball. And I turned it on. He's in the middle of a sermon, and he got to talking about the shikinol. What are you talking about, Tommy? He got talking about praying. We need to pray. We need to pray. We need to pray till the shikinol falls. <laughs> Tommy, what are you talking about? Need to give another illustration. I'm telling you, if you're up against it, if his life is horrible, you need to get on alone with God. Get out in the woods. Get alone with God until the shikinol falls. What are you talking about? What I missed was, was the first part of the message where he gave an illustration of an old woman that lived up in the mountains there, and she would pray. She, when she read her Bible, um, she read the word shekinah as shikinol. <laughs> So he used her as an illustration. It made more sense. Uh, she would tell him, I'm praying till the shikinol falls. The shekinah glory of God. You're gonna, either going to follow your flesh or you're going to follow the presence of God. And that's choice. Everybody say choice. Turn to somebody and say it's a choice. All of these are choices. They're all choices, which means we can make the wrong one. And what was the last one? You get to just do it or just I'm not going to be the just not group. I want to be the just do it group, not the just not group. How about you? How about you? How about you? Well, just do it. They're all choices. Choices can be made by each of us and they will determine whether you walk in success you take the promised land or you stay in the wilderness see the same old scenery get on your little choo-choo train woo -hoo! ding 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 and you just go around the same thing your whole life same thing your whole life same thing your whole life you know you can be saved God loves you going to heaven but you'll never experience the shikinah never experienced the glory of God. You never experienced what it's like to walk over on dry ground. You never experienced what it's like from going to manna to halibut. Jesus. Had some today. These guys have been eating pizza and burger. 
Not me, buddy. I'm in Alaska. I'm eating halibut every day. <laughs> it's like manna. I'm having halibut for breakfast, halibut for lunch, halibut. I mean, if I can get it, you know. Do you have a word from the Lord if you don't? Tonight, will you commit between you and God? Not me and you. i got nothing to do with it. Between you and God, will you commit to say, you know what? I'm going to start seeking the Lord for the word that I have. Or maybe you already got one down in here and you just haven't embraced it. You haven't released your faith and said, that's mine. That's my word. That's my promise. You haven't done that yet. Some of you have been hurt. You've been wounded. And you're like, this is wonderful, it's fine, but I'm not getting out of the tent. I'm staying in the tent. I'm staying in the camper. I'm not getting out. I'm not going to do it. But that needs to break tonight. That needs Because there's talents and abilities in you that need to be released to help this church get to where it needs to be and to reach the people that need. There are people out here that are lost. That re In all reality, there are people out here that are lost without God in this Matsu Valley and inside region of Alaska that are lost. And there's something hinging on you. You say, well, I, I don't know what I can do. You may, who knows, start a ministry. You may fix the buses, check engine light, or check oil came in on the van. So that might be your job. Check the oil, change the oil, fix it. What's God put in your heart? Are you with me here tonight? What's God put in your heart? What are the choices you're going to make that takes you over on dry ground? I, I don't want to stay in the wilderness. I don't like looking at the same scenery every day. I want to see new. The promises of the Lord are new every morning. New every morning. New every morning. Promises of God are what? New every morning. God's got a fresh word for you, fresh goals, healing, deliverance, change your mindset, get going for the kingdom of God. Stand up, would you, all over the building. Turn to somebody and say, just do it. Come on, tell them, just do it. Come on. Come on, just do it. Just do it. Come on. Turn to somebody and say, God's got a promise for you. Come on. God's got a promise for you. Yes. Everybody say, choose well. Father, I pray right now for every individual in this place, first of all, that's got stuck in the mud from time to time. They had a defeat in their life, and that defeat is keeping them from their next victory. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would heal their hearts, heal their mind, heal their emotions right now. I pray for divine healing to flow in their hearts, their minds, and their soul this very moment to eradicate the roadblocks of feelings. Remove it now in Jesus' name. Go. Replace it with a freshness and a zeal of expectancy. Drop an expectancy, a spiritual pregnancy in their life right now. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you as people reach out and say yes to you, yes to your purpose, yes to right choices, I pray, God, that you would release in their lives right now the process of the word, the promise you have for them. Those that are living it, may they be anointed, may it be expanded in Jesus' name. And for those that are unsure about it, may it become clear in their hearts, make the way straight as they set their heart to just do it, to choose your word, to believe your word, to follow your presence, to take a step in an action of faith in Jesus' name. Release it now, Father. Release it right now. Release destiny. Release purpose. Release goals. Release new horizons. New challenges. Release. 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 Adjust purpose. Focus in their lives. Regardless of age, focus. Clarity. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus name may it be so and father I pray God today for Pastor Daniel and Karen for your continued direction and guidance surround them saturate them with your presence 
Guard them and protect them with your presence. Let the wisdom of heaven be released every day for every situation. Let there be a fresh wisdom every day. I pray that they would be as the sons of Issachar who had understanding of the times and knew what Israel ought to do. I speak that over their lives, that they will walk in the same anointing as the sons of Issachar. They will understand the economy. They will understand the, the social dynamics and the culture and know what this church ought to do in each season, each juncture, and each transition. I pray, Holy Spirit, today that as they walk into the water following your presence and you give dry ground, that courage, and not only in them, but the entire staff and the entire church family will rise up with courage and say, we are moving into the promised land. We are moving across on dry ground. We will take the city. We will take the region. We will set a standard for the gospel of Jesus Christ that he's called us and commissioned us to do. We will overcome, and the light will shine across this land in Jesus' name. May it be so, I pray, Father, and I love you, and I thank you, and I bless you. Now may the blessing of the Lord be upon these families and their homes. May you bless them coming in and going out. Bless the work of their hands and the fruit of their lips. And may the word of God abound in their hearts. Let faith rise and doubt run. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give the Lord a great praise right now. Woo! Amen. You may be seated. Ushers, if you'd assist us, let's receive a love offering for our dear brother. Let's bless the man of God. Thank you, Pastor. Gary, this is great work. Great work. Hallelujah. Making out a check, making out to Casey, and uh, we'll send Pastor Gary one check for the entirety of all the offerings that have come in. Amen. I'm making a plan. I'm not going to retreat. How about you? God runs with the runners, climbs with the climbers, but he does not sit with sitters. <laughs> I love that. That's good. Hallelujah. Mm. Well, I'm not shrinking back, no. I'm not shrinking back. I'm moving ahead. I'm making a plan I'm doing what I can I'm not shrinking back I'm moving ahead I got my hand to the plow Ooh. <laughs> I was going to start rapping uh, maybe later. Glory to God. Come on, somebody. Shekinah. Come on, Jesus. Come on, say it. Shekinah. Come on, God. <laughs> Man, if you can't have fun in church, there is something straight wrong with you. The mortuary is down the stream. Church is a place of life. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the marvelous and unique gift that you have given us in Pastor Gary Brothers, a man who's he's like a renaissance man. Lord, you put so many gifts and talents in him. Thank you for Pastor Rose and healing her completely. I thank you for his two beautiful daughters and God and all their spiritual kids and the church there in Cape Girardeau. The influence and the, the leadership he provides to hundreds of churches and how he when he comes here just blesses me and helps me and gives me wisdom that i straight don't have you know every time you come pastor gary when you leave there's a deposit an enrichment to the house and i see it move us forward and i can't thank you enough 
you're great. You're just one of my very dearest friends. I love you. Lord, just blow his mind. Give him property in Alaska. Lord, <laughs> blow his mind. Open up the windows of heaven over him and just rain on him, the ministry, his marriage, his kids, all that, God. Thank you. Thank you. Bless the gift and the giver in Jesus' name. Amen. Ushers, go ahead. After all, you are constant. After all, you are only good. After all, you are sovereign. Not for a moment will you forsake me. Not for a moment will you forsake me. Come on, lift your voice. Come on, just let that word just go deep down into your heart. Come on, don't just let it be head knowledge. Come on, push that thing into your heart after all. After all, you are constant. After all, you are only good. After all, you are sovereign. Not for a Will you forsake me? Not for a moment. Will you forsake me? Every step, every breath, you are there. Every tear, every tear. Every cry, every prayer In my hurt, in my worst When my world falls down Not for a moment Will you forsake me? Not for a moment Will you forsake me? leading us. He's guiding us. He's given us the land. The truth is, the Bible says if he's pleased with us, he'll take us into the land. No man can please the Lord without, without faith. It's impossible to please him. You might be here, every head bowed, every eye closed. We're, service is just about over, but we never want to close a service without giving you an opportunity to get right with God. Some of you need to get right with Jesus. If that's you, God forbid you were to die today. You don't know whether heaven would be your home. You don't know if your sins are forgiven or not. You can know. You need to make a decision for Christ for the first time, perhaps. Or maybe you've given your heart to the Lord before, but now you know you need to recommit. Come on, sell out. Sell the farm. Get off the fence. Recommit. If you're not as on fire as you used to be, come on, God didn't move. We're the ones that move. Turn back towards the Lord. Come on, return to your first love. Give him your whole heart. Every head bowed, every eye closed. That's you. You want to get right with Jesus for the first time or you want to make a recommitment. If that's you, raise your hand and do it right now. God bless you. God bless you. Praise God. God bless you all the way in the back. I see that hand. Thank you for your honesty. God bless you. Praise God. Anybody else, just raise your hand high. All right. There, I see that hand in the back. God bless you. Come on, let's pray. Just pray right out loud church family just affirm your faith along with these come on pray right out loud say dear Jesus thank you for dying in my place thank you for rising from the grave for me forgive me of my sin and come into my heart be my Lord be my Savior wash me and cleanse me make me new thank you for loving me thank you for hearing my prayer amen let me pray for you Holy Spirit, I pray you fill, touch, empower. Break every chain, every bondage, every hindrance. Lord, give us hunger for the Word, a hunger for the things of God. That these would find a place of joyful service in the house of the Lord, using their gifts, their talent, their time, their treasure. 
Lord, the purpose for which you've created them, they would fulfill. They'd not retreat. They'd make a plan. They'd move forward. They'd cross the Jordan. They'd, they'd do all that you've called them to with your power and your strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Take someone by the hand. We'll close tonight. If you prayed that prayer, won't you stop one of my staff or myself, let someone know that you gave your heart to Jesus or recommitted your life. Pastor Vince, it's that good-looking black dude in the back, big guy, wave at us. There he is. You talk to Pastor Vince. He'll pray for you. Got a Bible study for you. Amen. Help you grow in the things of God. Pastor Vince, we're so blessed you're with us. Amen. Won't you tell somebody if you prayed that prayer and you meant to tell one of my leaders, make sure you get a hold of me, Pastor Karen. All right, let's close. Father, thank you for what you've done. I bless your people, cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to us, O oh God. Keep us and give us peace. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let me say, uh, for those of you that have children, uh, if you'd go and get them, that'd be great. Also, we've expanded our, all of our nurseries have been expanded. We'll have room for all of the babies and all of that. We've, we've, we just switched all our offices and everything around, so that'll help. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Praise the Lord.